Well, good morning again. Um, I'm excited to continue our series called uh, Kryptonite. I've heard a few people say, yeah, there's this new uh, 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 thing on my Bible app, this new, you know, uh, deal that I've been reading about killing kryptonite. I'm like, hey, hey, must be what God's saying. That's awesome. That's great. Thanks for letting Tiffany and I uh, being, be gone last week. Uh, she was running the Chicago Marathon. Uh, she did a great job. Um, uh, people have said, well, did you win? Uh, finishing is winning. So, yes, she won. Um, and, uh, yeah. <clears throat> What's, what's really cool about that is she was running for a charity called World Vision uh, that, that helps uh, different people in different ways. And for this particular reason, uh, she was raising money for children in Africa who didn't have access to clean water. They actually go into villages and, and drill down very, very deep, deeper than the local technology allows, and, and trains people on how to keep up with those wells. Uh, and so because of this race last weekend, uh, 60 children will have clean water for life. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. So we're glad to be back um, and, and here to talk about being offended. <laughs> hey, yeah. Um, so kryptonite in the story of Superman was the stuff from his own planet uh, that tripped him up. It weakened him to where he no longer had the special powers uh, that he had. And it's the same with us. There are things in our own lives that we have to deal with. Otherwise, it will become spiritual kryptonite to us and weaken our walk with Christ and keep us from our purpose. So we're going to talk about being offended today. And it's so hard not to offend someone these days. It really is. I mean, my gosh, with, with, with social media, everyone's so sensitive. And I, I, uh, several weeks ago, I posted something about who evidently is one of the most polarizing figures in all of U.S. history, Joel Osteen. <laughs> 350 comments later, um, I was just floored at how offended so many people were at the pastor for the largest church in the United States. Now, here's the thing. People ask me all the time, what do you think about Joel Osteen? Well, I don't. Okay, I, I just, I don't really in general. It's, but if you've got to know, um, I, Joel Osteen is dessert. I like dessert. If all I eat is dessert, then I'm going to be in trouble because I'm not getting a balanced meal. But I like dessert. <laughs> and I appreciate all that Joel Osteen does for his community. Do I agree with him theologically 100% of the time? No. I don't even agree with myself theologically 100% of the time. Okay, so but it was crazy how polarizing that just that one comment was, and people were so you are defending him. I'm like, he's a person, he's made in God's image. I mean, sure, if that's it was great. Do I agree with everything? No, but it was amazing that how quickly I was attacked because I didn't just slam someone. We live in such an offended, such an offended society and culture right now. So I want to talk to you about this. I want to, I want to kind of face this head on. And, and honestly, this is going to be one of those warning sermons. Because as, as your pastor, I've got to warn you about being offended. Now, I, I chose to call this being offended on purpose instead of offense. And, and here's why. Offense will come, but being offended is a choice. Like, like there are going to be things that people say or do, things that they're going to imply 
And, and it's going to rub you the wrong way. And, it, and it's going to be an offense. But you get the choice as to whether or not you're going to be offended. Offense is for a moment, but being offended is a way of life. When, when you are being offended, you are adopting that offense as your viewpoint moving forward. And, and it's like a lens that you view life through. And, and it changes what you see. And I've got an example here that I want to show you guys of what it's like being offended. It's, it's, like, it's like putting on glasses. And I've got on my, <laughs> I've got on my offense glasses. Now, I like these glasses for offense glasses for a couple reasons, okay? First of all, my view is obstructed. And when you're, when you're offended, you don't see the whole picture. You only see your offense. Offense is also rooted in pride. And these are my superstar glasses where I am the subject of my own sentence all the time. And, and, and when I view other people's actions through the lens of me, I am more likely to be offended. I also like these glasses as my offense glasses because they're big. <laughs> right? They're really big. And that's what offense does. Offense makes a big deal out of little things when you're offended. And when you get offended for something, now think about this. Offense is a self-fulfilling prophecy. You get, you get angry at someone, you get offended with someone... And then everything they do offends you, therefore reinforcing your original offense. And so you get stuck in this. And doesn't this look silly? And let me let you know, when you are stuck in offense, you look stupid to everyone else. You do. Because you you can't see things clearly. i got to take this off. I can't handle it anymore. You can't see things clearly when you're walking an offense. You're making a big deal out of little things. And you've talked to people that are offended. I've had people get offended at me before. And the things that they're citing, that being offensive, it's like, like really? Like, that bothers you? You know, I mean, we, we've had all sorts of accusations uh, flown against me and Tiff. Uh, it's crazy. People, you know, well, you know, you, you post too much stuff on Facebook and there's too many, the pictures that you post. And it's like, it's called Facebook. Face as in look at it, book as in read it, right? Like picture, look at it, Facebook. I mean, there's just pictures. Like what do you, and it's crazy when someone is offended, their whole view changes. Here's the other thing I want you to know about being offended is that it's detrimental to the believer. It is detrimental to the believer. Matthew 24, 10 through 13 says this. I'm reading this in the New King James Version. It says, many will be offended. They will betray one another because betrayal is what leads, you know, it, it kills friendships. And will hate one another. Then, now check this out. This gets bad really quick. Then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. Wait a minute. Now all of a sudden we're talking about false prophets. Why? Because the offended heart is open to deception. Many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. And because lawlessness will abound because of the false prophets, the love of many will grow cold. Guys, can I just be honest with you? I've seen so many well-intentioned, wonderful men and women of God get offended at a person 
at the church, at a coworker, at, at whoever, and they refuse to deal with it. And they look like years later, just a shell of the person they once were. I've seen it too many times. Please hear me. I, I don't want that for you. I don't want that for you. You've got to run. You've got to run from this culture of offense that we're in. I'm telling you. And we get offended at people's political opinions. And we get offended at what someone, get offended at the president. You know, it's so funny. All the Republicans were mad at Obama when he would go golfing. Obama golfing. The world's blowing up and he's golfing. And then Trump goes golfing, and they're like, yeah, well, that's how he does business. He, uh, he goes golfing, and he... <laughs> and they're just choosing to believe, you know, and you, you see, it's because they're offended. And whoever you're offended at, you will see them doing wrong things, even if they aren't. It's detrimental. I'm telling you guys, it will lead you down a path you do not want to go down. Here's the other thing, and this is bad news. I hate to tell you this one. But being offended is contagious. Being offended is contagious. Hebrews 12, 15 says, Watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you, corrupting many. Your offense doesn't just affect you. Your offense will affect others. And when you walk in a lifestyle of being offended, it's contagious. I've watched as people have picked up other people's offense. Like you've got no problem with someone or something, and then so-and-so just coughs their offense all over you, just like a virus, and you wake up the next morning and you're like, offense, I'm feeling it now too. I run from people that are contagious, man. I, someone, someone will come up to me after church and they hug my neck. Oh, such a good sermon, Pastor Jamie. Thank you for praying with me. I was up throwing up this morning. I'm like, you need to get off me right now. I got faith, but I also got wisdom. <laughs> or someone, someone comes in the office, pray for me. I have the flu right now. I'll pray for you from home, sister. Like, you need to, we'll just continue this over the phone. <laughs> I don't like coming in contact with contagious people, but we do it all the time when we give an ear and we listen to those that are offended. It's contagious. It will get on you, and it is not good. We've got to avoid offended people like we avoid the flu. Unchecked offense, it will affect everyone. Amen? So how do we fight offense? How do we deal with this offense that we're so given to, we're so prone to? It's, it's really, really easy. Uh, we've got to embrace forgiveness. We've got to embrace a lifestyle forgiveness. Again, just like an offense is for a moment, but being offended is a lifestyle in the same way. You cannot just forgive in a moment, but you can embrace a lifestyle of forgiveness as well. I just want to walk you through really quickly how to embrace this forgiveness and, and how, how to do this in such a way that, that we, that we um, take care of the offense that so easily gets in our lives. Here's the first way is we've got to make the choice. You've got to make the choice to embrace forgiveness. It's not just going to happen by accident. You're not going to wake up one day and just feel better all of a sudden if you're offended at someone. It doesn't work that way. 
Just like you made the choice to move into a fence, you've got to make the choice to move out of a fence. Matthew chapter 6, verse 14 and 15. I'm reading in the New Living here. It says, if you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. Hey, that's good news. But if you refuse to forgive others, your Father will not forgive your sins. There, there are some things in the Bible that aren't totally clear, right? I get asked, will my pet be in heaven? I, I don't know. I know God made animals. I know God made heaven. It makes sense. There'll be animals in heaven. Will your particular Fido? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I hope not. But for your sake, I, I don't know. The Bible doesn't say, right? I, I just don't know. But do you need to forgive Oh, the Bible says that. It can't be any clearer, people. It can't be any clearer than what it says. It says, if you do not forgive people, the Father will not forgive you. That is a huge warning, y'all. It's a big deal. This is a big deal. This is not like, yeah, I should probably take care of this eventually when I get around to it. No, take care of it now. Take care of it now. Deal with it now. Because it's, it's only going to hurt you. Holding on to that offense and not embracing forgiveness. You've got to make the choice. It, look, it's a house rule. You know, my house, probably like your house, there are rules that everyone follows. There, there are uh, methods and standards of behavior that apply to everyone. We don't let one kid run crazy and the other one's not, right? They all have to do certain things. And forgiveness is a house rule. It applies to everyone in the kingdom. Now look, forgiving someone is, is not saying that what happened, um, it, it doesn't validate the wrong that was done. And that's what people are afraid of. If I forgive this person for what they've done, you know, I, I'm, I'm being weak or I'm saying that, that it's okay. No, 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 no. Embracing forgiveness says that you know a better judge. That you know a better judge. You, you know someone who's better at dealing with these situations than you. And that's, that's your father who will defend you. Forgiveness won't change the past. It's not going to change what happened, but it can absolutely change the future. It can change your future moving forward. It can, it can give you hope for the future. Many of you have no hope for the future because you haven't let go of the past. And forgiveness is that thing that releases us. So we've got to make the choice. We've got to say, look, I don't like this. I don't want to. And that's okay. But I'm going to do it anyway. Because I know, Scripture is clear, I know that I've got to embrace this forgiveness. Here's another thing that, that most people, I don't think, even think of when it comes to embracing forgiveness. But you've got to receive forgiveness for yourself. Ephesians 4.32 says, Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ has forgiven you. See, you, you, you can't give something that you don't have. I don't believe you can give forgiveness to someone else fully until you've received forgiveness. Because you don't know what you're given. We were on the plane going to Chicago last weekend, and uh, they were doing the, the little safety thing before where it talks about the oxygen mask falling out, right? And, and what do they say? They say, you know, secure your own mask first and then help, you know, someone else. And Ethan leans over to me. He says, well... The human body can only go about eight seconds without oxygen, so that's a really good idea. And I'm thinking, you're a great travel partner. That's <laughs> good information. 
good information. But it's true. They tell you to put on your own mask, make sure that you got your own air first. Why? Because you're going to black out trying to help someone else. Because you won't have the ability to help them if you don't first take care of what you've got to take care of. It's the same way with forgiveness. If you've not received the forgiveness of God in your own life, how can you forgive other people? You're dealing with a thing, forgiveness, that you have um, no experience with. And you've got to first experience forgiveness. If you haven't experienced the forgiveness of Jesus this morning, then this is your morning. It's time for you to get right with God. It's time for you to lay down the past, lay down all the fears, lay it all down and say, Lord, forgive me. Take care of my sin. Take care of my past. Take care of all of this stuff. I'm running towards you. I choose you. We'll give you a chance to do that in a little bit. Here's another one. This is where the rubber meets the road. Here's how we embrace forgiveness. Bless, do good, and pray. Bless, do good, and pray. Matthew chapter 5, I'm going to read this in the New King James Version. 43 and 44. It really gives us uh, some really good information about forgiveness. Jesus is talking. He says, "You've uh, you've heard it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. That sounds like good wisdom, right? Hey, look, the people that are good to you, be good to them, right? And the people that, that aren't good to you, you know, then just, you just need to keep them at arm's length and just, you know, keep, keep them away. They're bad people. Put them over there in the bad people spot. You know what I'm talking about? That sounds like wisdom. It's not. It's not biblical. It's not biblical. I'll read to you what's biblical in a second. But we've got, I've even seen people say things like, well, hey, if you treat me right, I'll treat you right. If you don't treat me right, I'm not going to treat you right. Okay, there's, 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 there's like a worldly wisdom in that, but that's just not Bible. That's just not Jesus. What does he say? But I say to you, verse 44, love your enemies. Here we go. Bless those who curse you. Do good to those who hate you. And pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. Bless, do good, and pray. Bless. Now, bless is one of those words that was like, Lord, just bless so-and-so and bless my day and bless my food and bless my car and bless my house and bless Aunt Gertie and bless whomever, right? We just, we just bless is like our general. You know what the word bless means? In, in, in the Greek, it's actually uh, the word uh, eulageo, which is where we get our word eulogy. It means to speak well of. You know, whenever you go to a funeral, it can be like the worst person in the world. Everyone's like, they were a good guy, Right? They eulogize them. They, they tell the good things about their life, right? Well, you know, Frank was kind of a jerk. Um, you know, we don't do that, hopefully. We don't do that at funerals because we want to properly eulogize people. We want to properly, you know, say the good things about them. We want to bless them. And so this actually, the scripture says, if you want to do it Jesus' way, it says that you bless those who curse you. That means you willfully and intentionally say good things about the people that have said bad things about you. I didn't say it was easy. I just said it was the truth. That means you think of ways. So if you're going through a situation with someone and someone says, hey, do you know so-and-so? And inside you think, yeah, I know them. We'd like to see them at the bottom of the river, Right? 
Instead, you think, yeah, I, you know, I know that person. And you can find something good to say about anyone. You know, they've got good hair, you know, or something. Well, they really look good bald. It's something. You can find something to say good about everyone. So, so we bless. We bless. We eulogize them. We say good things over them. We do good to them. We do good. Now, this is not just... Now, doing good is not the same thing as not doing bad. See the difference? Doing good means you're actually, actively, intentionally, regularly doing things on purpose that bless someone. You're not just relenting from doing bad. So when someone has done bad to you, ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, how can I bless them today? How can I do good to them today? Hey, how can I take care of a need that they have? This is hard. I know, I know this is difficult. But this is what's necessary to root out offense in our lives. And lastly, it says pray. Bless, do good, and pray. We've got to pray for those. I love how it works. It says pray for those who spitefully use you. Wow. Spitefully pray for them. Now, many of us, we want to pray for our enemies. We want to pray that they get boils all over their body or something, right? Lord, it's in the Bible. Do what you did to the Egyptians, (laughs) you know. (laughs) Turn their water into blood, Lord. I want to see a Facebook post from my enemy. There are frogs everywhere. Thank you, Lord. Thanks. That one's for me. Right? (laughs) That's how we want to pray for our enemies. But we pray for them, and you start where you can. I know, look, I know, I know I'm joking around some, but I know many of you have been really, really deeply hurt. I know. I know. So you start where you are. And you say, Lord, I pray that they know you. It's a good place to start. Lord, I, I, I pray that they experience your love. I pray that they experience your forgiveness. I pray, Lord, that they would have friends that treat them well. Pray how you would want someone to pray for you. Pray that way. Pray that way. And what will happen is it just begins to dig up and root up that bitterness, that resentment, and that offense that's made your way, that's made its way into your heart. As you begin to genuinely pray for those that have hurt you. Here's the last thing. We embrace forgiveness when we predetermine our reaction to offense. Predetermine your reaction to offense. Colossians 3.13, I love this verse. I've, I've used it before in messages, and I love the way the New Living Translation says, um, records it. Colossians 3.13, it says this, Make allowances... For each other's faults. And forgive anyone who offends you. Forgive anyone who offends you. Make allowances for each other's faults. What does that mean? It means go into the relationship knowing that they're not perfect and they're probably going to mess up. Go ahead, and I like to think of it as a savings account. Go ahead and make sure that you've saved up plenty of grace, plenty of mercy, plenty of overlooking So that when they need to make a withdrawal by doing something stupid, you've got reserves. We make allowance for each other's faults. We pre-forgive them. 
You know, I, I, I struggle when people hurt me, just like we all do. But I've, to the best of my ability, Tiffany and I have made the decision that we're going to pre-forgive everyone. Now, please don't test us on that. Because <laughs> I need as much reserve in my bank account as possible, my forgiveness bank account. But, but do you see what I'm saying? Uh, like we've made the decision we, we're going to pre-forgive. We're going to go ahead and assume that they're forgiven. Luke, Luke 23, 34, something amazing happens. And I, honestly, I didn't realize the depth of this until I was studying for this this week. Jesus is on the cross. He's looking at, and the cross was just a horrible, horrible thing, you guys. I mean, I can't, I don't have time to get into it. I will tell you this. You know how the cross is normally like, they're like way up high. You know, usually the, the actual, actually the cross was not up high. It was just right off the ground so people could come up to you and spit on you. And, and trash talk you and make fun of you and jeer. It, it was just a terrible thing. Jesus is up there. One of the first thing he says, he says, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. That's interesting. I, I don't necessarily think that, now, now hear me, okay? Yeah, I don't want you to confuse what I'm about to say. I don't think that's necessarily true for the people that were doing it, that they didn't know what they were doing. I think it was true for Jesus because he had already pre-forgiven them. He'd already chosen, he'd already chosen to give them the benefit of the doubt. And think about this. If Jesus was saying, Father, you forgive them, that meant that he had already forgiven them himself. He pre-forgave the ones that were in the middle of, of brutalizing and crucifying him. He made the decision, even before it was all over, I'm going to forgive them. I'm going to assume that they don't know what they're doing. I'm going to assume the best about them. Father, forgive them. He had predetermined his reaction to the people that were in the middle of killing him. Look, you can do that too. You can do that too. You can go ahead and make the decision. That you're not going to be offended. You know, no one can offend you unless you give them permission to. They can, they can only offend you if you let them. It, it requires your consent. And I encourage you, let's make the decision. When it comes to our relationships with each other, we've got to pre-forgive. Guys, being offended in offense, it hurts. It hurts you. The, the, the pain, the, the, the momentary pain it takes to forgive someone that's hurt you is way less than the permanent pain you will feel by walking in offense. Did you hear that? A little, it's like ripping off a Band-Aid. Yeah, it hurts to deal with it now, but if you, don't deal, but when you, if you try to deal with it later after the offense is built up, you're just going down that path of deception and, and your love growing cold, and it's terrible. It's terrible. You, it's hard to recover from a lifetime of offense. Don't do it. It's kryptonite. It will keep you from your calling. It will keep you from all the things that God has called you to walk in. And so my question to you is, are you ready to be set free from being offended? Are you ready to lay that, that down at the feet of the Lord? Are you ready not to, to get your self-worth not from what others say or whether they agree with you? Are you ready to get your self-worth from what Jesus says about you? Because when you're a son or daughter of the king, it doesn't matter what anyone says. 
It really doesn't matter. In the grand scheme of things, you belong to the Lord. He has accepted you. You are loved perfectly and completely. And if someone disagrees with him, guess what? They're wrong. And, and don't you know that the truth always comes out? If we run around trying to defend ourselves at every little accusation that comes our way, we're, we will be missing, we'll be distracted from the main point of what God's called us to. And that's to know him and, and, and to make him known. To love him and to love others. Amen? Let's stand.